Welcome back to Hey on Track Frankfurt. This is the only podcast in the English language covering everything there is to know about Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, it's been a busy couple weeks. Uh, as much as we love to do this podcast and love just talking about Frankfurt, sometimes life gets in the way. Um, but it's been fun listening to Brian fill in with some news and notes. I always love hearing his take. He is our fearless leader here, and hopefully we'll get him on one of these full episodes soon. Um, but right now, I'm Chris in New York. I'm covering the, the command of this one as best I can. Can't do it like Brian, but I'm trying. Um, a quick programming note for everybody. Uh, as a group, those of us here at Hand Track Frankfurt, uh, we're aware of the concerns about the social and civil rights concerns over the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. So we talked about it internally, how we want to handle it as a show. And... Um, you know, we just decided that it wasn't right to put the name of the podcast and and cover the events at at Qatar. It, we wouldn't be able to give it the proper context or the coverage that would accurately give respect to the protest and yet cover the players and the matches. So we decided that the podcast as a whole is going to sit things out. Uh, we're not going to cover it directly. However, uh, for those that do choose to partake... That's awesome. I'll be dabbling. I know some others will. There's no right or wrong answer on this one. So if you choose to follow the World Cup and you enjoy our podcast, uh, myself and Matt, we're going to do some web-exclusive content uh, that will cover Team USA. For those listening in America, we'll cover the German national team and other parts of the tournament that uh, draw a lot of interest. So It'll be a little bit different from our regular show, maybe something a little bit new. We'll see where it leads, totally unscripted, as most of our work is. Uh, but you'll be able to find that starting Friday. The The website will launch for that. It'll be a page listed on www.hefpod.com. Again, that'll be up on Friday the 18th of November. Wow, we're getting late in the year. So enough about that. Um, let's get back to the reason we're here. Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, I can't do this alone. I am not smart enough to do it. I'm not funny enough to do it. So I brought two guys that bring the intelligence and the humor with them. Let's move left to right across the map. We'll start out on the left coast, west coast of the United States. Roman in San Francisco. Welcome back, buddy. What's up? Yeah, awesome. Great to be back. Uh yeah, so thanks for thanks for having me again. <laughs> Glad to be back. I love it. You, you you bring the positivity. You bring the uh, the perspective, the rants. the rants that that we just love. We'll, we'll try to get one out of you later. We'll see. Let's how let's see how. But you know, like Frankfurt doesn't really challenge me right now with rants. You know, that's the that's the <laughs> the, the good and the bad. <laughs> no, you do have positive rants now. There's got to be a spin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. And moving over to the east side of uh, the United States, the other ocean, uh, the Atlantic side, Matt in New York. How are things going out in the Big Apple? Dude, I'm good, man. Uh, dude, I didn't know we're neighbors now. You you, you said you you said Chris from New York. So when when did you not tell me you moved to New York, man? What the hell? You know, I man, I for as much friends. time as I spend there, maybe I should just pay some rent and Put a foot down there. Who knows? We'll see where things go. <laughs> I hope my employer is not listening right now. <laughs> All right. 
So let's get back into it. Uh, just a, a brief note, because we didn't have a full episode last time. Uh, back on Wednesday, November 9th, Frankfurt went out and just put a licking on Hoffenheim, a 4-2 to two match, um, a 3-0 lead. This kind of leads into to where we went over the weekend, but a 3-0 lead kind of evaporated a bit, um, became 3-2, to two, uh, finished with a 4-2 uh, scoreline. I was a little concerned going into mines after that because it just kind of felt like we f- took our foot off the gas a bit. And, you know, I, I wasn't confident that three points was possible in mines. It's hard enough to go there when we're at full strength and when we're not running crazy in three different competitions. Matt, I know you had concerns going into this one. How do you feel about uh, picking up a point in a 1-1 draw at mines? I mean, honestly, we're, we're, I'm used to it at this point. I feel like with Mines, it's always kind of a battle. I mean, the last two, last two times we played them, I feel like we tied them. And like one time we lost them one nothing. The other time we beat them one nothing. And we probably tied them like six more times before that, you know, um, for how strong our team should be and for the quality that we are and need to be. Um, definitely a disappointing tie for sure. But, then again, you know, Mainz definitely was a stronger team, you know, for the first like 45, 50 minutes and stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of times where um, we just were getting outplayed and I think it got into our head where like, you know, yes, they think this is a serious like game. Uh, you know, Mainz, you know, this is a derby game and stuff like that. You know, we're, we're more worried about Champions League, la di da di da But in reality, you know, that's the mentality we kind of went into that game and it's a very frustrating loss, but I mean, very, very unexpected from my side of things, just because I don't know. Mines is just this annoying little pest that we can never get rid of. <laughs> yeah. It's frustrating. Tie. No, it, it, it kind of feels like a loss in a way for the way we have played in such great form. But Roman, you know, as good as anybody that mines for, for them, this is their Super Bowl, and there's no match they get up for more every single year than hosting us. Yeah, and it's uh, I I'm 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 totally with you guys. It's the worst, like playing against Mines, and like I've, I've I went there a couple of times to the stadium, and it's always depressing because usually yeah we don't really last time I think we won so that was that was good but usually we don't we don't play well and at the end of the season you know everyone is tired and everything is is different so I wasn't too sure how how it's going to pan out, um, but in the end so I'm 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 fine with the one one with the, uh, with the draw I mean. I have to admit, I was hoping a bit to, for for more. I was hoping that maybe we have we have um, uh, um, uh, yeah we, a push for second we, place. Like where was the hunger? Yes, in that? exactly. And I was hoping we we were able to to root out the diva a little bit, you know. And we were just on such a strong run. And what I've seen uh, against Hoffenheim, I have not seen in in decades. So I was like, okay, if they keep up that pace, if they just want to do it one more game, you know, one more time, uh, I was hoping for more. But of course, uh, I gotta be, I gotta be, uh, I'm, I'm fine with with the outcome. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I would have signed, if I would have signed it, if I would have known beforehand the draw. But I mean, we can be, we can be lucky. We can be happy for uh, finishing fourth. I mean, that is beyond beyond 
any words can say as an Eintracht Frankfurt uh, supporter, right? I mean, and and the yeah. ability to 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 have to almost been second place, and I don't even want to know. And I know you know the the true table, you know, with a, a penalty in Dortmund, and if we would have won in Wolfsburg, and we would be first, right? Um, but. Uh, But yeah, so okay, gotta 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 lower my blood pressure again. But uh, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, like you know, um, well, that's what I'm saying. They're an annoying pest. Like it's just a weird team that you can exactly. never get rid of. Like you know, like there was what the first time we almost made Champions League. You know, where we we yes, we didn't do well in the last like couple of games uh, in the match day. But our last game, I remember the season was against Mainz, and we ended up losing there. And like we all we had yeah. to do was beat them just to even have a chance in Champions League we couldn't even do that and like yeah. I remember being in Mainz and it's just like every time you go to Mainz I always think like alright like here we go again like mm. nothing great's gonna come out of this you know it's it's you know it's not 80, 80 to 20% you know we're gonna come victorious yeah yeah um, one thing that I noticed is that tactically we are at our best right now when we're pushing the ball and if we're not generating shots on target We're getting shots, shots blocked that lead to corner kicks. We ended up with two for the game. And that tells me we just weren't pushing in the same way that we were against Hoffenheim or previous matches where we're getting seven, eight, nine, ten corners a game because our foot is constantly on that gas, constantly pushing forward. And I think tired legs might have something to do with that. Or, you know, you always get that idea sometimes that you're just a better quality team and you're waiting for somebody to make that move. Um, yeah. I think it, I think you know, what ended up happening was, and I kind of noticed this, and I'm just kind of thinking about this now. Um, so was, you know, named to the Switzerland team that day. Within like the first five minutes of that game, he had a pretty hard foul where, you know, it was, it was fairly concerning. Like, you know, he was, you know, taken off the field for quite some time, and then, you know, he came back on. And I think at that moment, I think, you know, since we have, you know, Gutsa, Kamada, um, you know, uh, Jakic, all playing in the World Cup. You know, I have a feeling that they're like, you know what, this is the last game. You know, like, how many times have you guys heard the story before where, like, you know, there's an injury happening right before the, yeah, the yeah. Um, you know, World Cup. I mean, look at Nkunku right now. You know, he's out of the World yeah. Cup. But now, hey, RKM, our hero, is now is now a big intending of the World Cup. That's like six, six, seven players going to the World Cup for us, which is, um, you know, another topic we should talk about. But I think that kind of mentality kind of also affected the game because, Mines was just dominant, like I said, in the first like 60 minutes or so until, you know, um, Kolomani ended up kind of having that little break and got lucky. But uh, yeah, it's, I think that kind of mentality kind of gave us, you know, kind of took the foot off the gas pedal. Uh, they could they could explain it because what I was wondering at the end, so I realized that they wanted to win like in the last minutes, right? But what, what I found strange is that uh, they were not, going into one-on-ones in the last 15 minutes you know i mean they were like always uh, circling the ball and at the back and trying to go with longer balls and i was like yeah against mines like go direct i mean now we can like with kolomwani like these 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 guys you know go direct do the one-to-one -one. because like mines had their defensive lines their two lines like you know um, very strict and very compact and very tight and it was tough to to pass through so that's why they were always circling around the back to try the other side and and this and that and i was like 
go direct. Try to try to you know go on a one on one. Uh, try to go Those through the topic. lines. Yeah, exactly. Like and 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 they didn't. And maybe that was it. Maybe they feared you know the direct confrontation with the players because that's what I thought was new for Frankfurt. I mean, talking about Kolomuani, you cannot get the ball off this guy. I mean, like he kind of wiggles through through the defense and and I don't know where where you where the ball seems lost he somehow gets it back with his heel and I mean I have no idea how he does this but um but I would have loved to see at least trying that a little bit against Mainz because this is what I missed. You know, they tried to do uh, the long ball or the ball in between the rows, which didn't really seem to work. Um, they should mm-hmm. have just done a few more one-on-ones, at least in the last minutes. Um, right. And, and, and that's kind of like what where I was like a little bit, why do they not... Um, uh, and and I, we used to not do that ever because we used to lose the ball all the time, right? But nowadays with a team, uh, I think that's one of the new strengths that we see in Frankfurt, that we can go, go on one-on-ones and the double passes and this kind of stuff, right? And there was in the last 15 minutes at least, you know, where they tried to pressure, but they didn't They didn't go for uh, these kind of mechanisms. And that's what I was – now Now that you mentioned maybe they, they wanted to uh, play safe, it, it kind of doesn't make sense. And I think at the other end, too, on the defensive side of things, even though nobody from that defensive line is going to the World Cup, you yeah, didn't see a lot of support coming. Oh, my bad. You're right. Um, I was thinking from the defensive position. I think he plays midfield over there. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that idea that we didn't have as much physicality in the box uh, as you might be accustomed to, you know, feet everywhere, legs everywhere, just – it, an old demon from early in the season came back to haunt us on that mines goal, yep. which is not strongly clearing the box. Um, it looked like a lackluster effort there defensively. And whether it was just a lack of physicality or, you know, not wanting to accumulate cards, I don't know. But you're right. It seemed like uh, the challenges weren't there. Daichi Kamada, who's usually, you know, one of our guys who's never afraid to dive into things was definitely easing easing up a little bit out there and it's hard to blame them i mean they got a lot on the line to lose in their personal career development if an injury was to occur like i said that's so tackle like the first five minutes of the game really set the tone for us because dude at that point like dominic core was playing a number 10 position i'm just like what is going on here we were tucking our tails here in the first half it was, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, granted, like, as soon as that tackle, I was like, just no way. Like, of course this happens. Like, the day he gets called up, it's going to happen. Thankfully, it didn't. But I, I believe, now thinking about it, definitely set the tone throughout the game. I mean, I'm glad that we came back on it with, you know, coming out a point with mines, which is, honestly, at this point, we should celebrate it as a victory. But, yeah. The Diva. You know, as, as you talked about, it just wasn't crisp. It wasn't clean. Um in years past, I'd be thrilled to see 77% passing from this team, <laughs> yeah. but we become so ap- accustomed to that 80 to 85% now. Um, seeing a number below 80 just tells me that we weren't engaged all the way. Yeah. And part of that might have been the atmosphere. You know, it, it's kind of like, you know, how a, a cup final is never clean because everyone's got their minds somewhere else. When we go to mines, there's so much drama there they Mm -hmm. just they get up for this like no other team 
gets up. I mean, no, I shouldn't say that. There's Hide plenty that get Dobby, up local baby. rivals. Hide mine, Dobby. But, but, but as far as you know, the um, the difference in table there, there, there's always a difference. We're very rarely sitting next to each other or competing for the spot. They needed this uh, to help stabilize their point in the table right now. And I don't know if they got what they wanted out of it, given the way they they took things into halftime. But I, I don't know who who's better after this. Mines for um, you know, kind of plugging the hole in their ship, or are we good for getting the point that you know didn't lose us any momentum going into the, into the break? Yeah, I think this is a for us. Digging too deep there. Yeah. I, I think I think I think you're digging yourself a hole in it and I'm uh, you know over the hole put, bringing you a ladder down. I think this is a very <laughs> irrelevant game for us. I mean it's you know it's yeah, I mean I think it's just super irrelevant. Um but I mean two more points would have had us finishing in what third? It, it those two points two points there point you know at, at Wolfsburg earlier in the year it's just you can't drop points if you want to qualify for Champions League through the league. I agree. Especially points against, you know, bottom half of the table. But anyway. I have a question for Roman. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on Jakic playing center back? So here is one uh, simple thing. So I, I go by in uh, in Glasner, I trust, you know, so yeah. it's, it's, it's just that simple. Um, and I think I think I I do not complain about any of the players at the moment. You know, I think they they all have the roles and the reasons why they are in the in the situations that they're in, um, and I think they're doing a, a great job. You know, and maybe and sometimes they evolve in the positions, right? So here I'm 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 truly uh, in Glasner. I trust. You know, so. Right. Um, it's 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 that simple. I don't even that sounds very weird, but I don't even waste time on uh, and I think I've never done this in that sense. I you know, if he would put trap in uh, as, as a forward, I would I would think like yeah, well, you know, that was that's the best thing to do, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's like right. um, it's uh, uh, I I think I've never felt so comfortable with a coach in in my life. Um, besides maybe, you know, I would have younger players early on on the pitch, but, uh, that's, uh, that's something different, but, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, you I'm should hop on the Ali do train with me with that one, but, uh, no, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I was interested to say, cause I'm all over Jakic because it gives opportunity to play Kamada up that sixth spot yeah. where I've talked about this before and stuff like that. I don't know where Chris stands on Jakic still. Cause I know you were kind of iffy on him at first, but how do you feel? It's about interesting. Him cause I, I, I have that in my notes. I was going to bring that up uh, the very next comment. Um, I think he's grown into that position well, and it, it's an impossible position to be in because we're playing in multiple competitions and asking him to play outside of a position that he's classically trained for. Um, it's not... And it's a centerpiece, not, mind you. Yes. To expect him to be lights out there was never going to happen. Uh, but as you and Roman were talking, I was looking back at it. The last time we allowed more than three goals in a match. Oh, shit. It might be Tottenham. Even um, the last time we allowed more than two goals in a match was October 12th uh, against Tottenham. So, you know, for the last month, they haven't been locked down. There have been breakdowns. Uh, 
couple of bad decisions against Hoffenheim that hurt us, but you know, we're, we're being good enough defensively with the experience of Indica and Tuta back there to help Jokic figure things out. They're making mistakes, but they're working well. They're covering those mistakes. And at the other end, we're scoring enough goals where a mistake here or there is not going to drown us. Yeah. So Jokic is fine for me. He's not a solution long-term. Yeah. I still want that to be a priority uh, in the coming window. But for now, I think uh, Oliver Glasner knows that Jokic is is a worthy um, replacement there for Hasebe. And he's also right. young enough, you know. That's I think like the older they get, the more they're maybe uh, too. I wouldn't say narrow-minded, but you know, too too narrow uh, typed, so to say. I don't know how to say that, but you know, when when like just that age, you know, and it's basically it's a shift of tactics. And I mean, he he, he has the um, the robustness or like the the strength, so to say. And I think he can, he can, he, he can, he, he pulls it off quite well, you know. So, um, I just, I, I just I, think that like he's once we do find that replacement from a center back, I, I don't see him playing too many minutes in a, in the center midfield for us, unless you know he gets subbed on for that, or you know he's our backup, you know, yeah. center back and stuff like that. Um, I just, I just love a freaking Baltic area person, you know that kind of grit, you know, in our back line. Yeah. It seems like we have a lot of good luck with, like, the Croatians, the Serbs, you know, yeah. um, and so forth. Well, that that begs the question, um, how much more Smolcic do we say? I mean, we got three competitions. We're, we'll talk more about this coming up, but we got three competitions we're still in. Um, we We've been relatively healthy given how much we've played. At some point, we're going to have to – get some more of these young guys some experience in there because they're going to get called on as soon as someone gets injured. Yeah. But I've, uh, well, that's where I, the death I, comes in, where we talked about the all year long. Yep. But Jakic was our replacement to the depth, and now we're, you know, we're in a dangerous, you know, precarious position here where you're, you're using that depth in one spot and it's going to be thin in another spot well, where someone else goes. Well, Nets and Pellegrini have time to go to a glass blower and fix themselves up. So hopefully they'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And, and you know, I got my I got my own theory about. I mean, not only own theory, but uh, why? You know, I mean, we're having all these English weeks, and and you know, it's, it's super busy. And I think I think it's the best for a team like this because. So I, I grew the uh, or the idea in me grew how to say that um, that this is the best practice you can have as a real game, you know, as weird as the sound. Right. And and people say like, yeah, it's too much. And and I mean, in, in this age when they're like this young, especially like Smolcic and Jakic, you know, like I mean, come on, it's 90 minutes, and yeah, it's it's, it's full hard on. But I mean, practice, skip practice. That's the best practice you can have. You know, and I think right. that's why maybe why Bayern is so good because they have practice matches all the time, you know, like or their practice are games every week 
and and in uh, in in the week and and that i think is just a, if you if you're on a run that's just the best thing that can happen to you right um, of course you you cannot uh, uh, you cannot do 90 minutes or 95 minutes uh, um, back to back but you know i think glasner and with being able to change five five times during a game nowadays you know you 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 can regulate the um, uh, um, uh, the 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 strength or the power of, of a match or to to a player, um, but I think it's just the best thing. Like and and I think they said it. Yeah, we only have time for thirty minute uh, practice rounds. It's like yeah, you don't need because you got the best practice is a match. And when you think about it, in all the matches that we had, like usually that's a, what we have in half a season is usually a complete season outcome. Right, and we only have it in half a time. So uh, going by the good old ten thousand uh, hour rule, right? You you excel in something if you do it ten thousand hours, or if you do it over and over and over and over again, right? This is the best practice that you can have for your brain, for your muscles. Like, don't go jogging through the woods. Go one on one against a um, you know a, a a Tottenham player, you know. That's that's so much more practice than uh, a little bit of you know practice round. Uh, uh, I don't know on 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 a practice pitch, and and I yeah. think that's as a player, you know, I definitely agree with you on that. Just because like it's all about consistency, right? It's all yep. about it's, it's there's a couple of things: it's consistency, it's comfortability, and just you know just really you know strengthening you know what you're doing on a consistent basis and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the only the only um, problem that I I feel like with that is especially because obviously you don't do ninety games you do like thirty minute games and stuff like that is you know injuries happen a lot through that you know because people keep going on one on one and stuff like that um, as much practice as I would like for them to have to have like that in game experience and stuff you know you do I do worry about like you know training um, tackles and stuff like that like for example let me go back to Christian and Kunku <laughs> he got yeah. into a little bit of a practice during a scrimmage you know so exactly like you, you um, can, exactly like it's it a can tough happen call. in practice as well right so it's uh, and and I don't, I don't know I mean like we I mean we've been kind of lucky with um uh, with injuries and when I look at other other teams like you know who don't have as many games maybe the games are just a good practice you know and if you're if you got good bones and and a good physio i mean like this is i mean the true magic i think in frankfurt is in in the staff behind glasner you know like the athletic uh -huh. coaches the uh, um, you know fitness the, runs the fitness tests all those all like, of these like people. those are real magicians right um and and if this is all optimized having a real practice match during the week is the best preparation for the next match Right, and everyone wants to play, and you 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 take somebody out for twenty minutes, and nobody's mad, you know, and and you you give somebody a break, nobody's mad because they know well Wednesday is again is another game, and uh, it's uh, I think we we were just on a good run, and I hope we we're gonna get used to it, right? Because like I think there's nothing better for a player, you know, to have a game on Wednesday than having a practice match on Tuesday, you know. Right. Well, that's a great segue into into the next note I have here. Uh, not only did we just finish up with, well, pretty much first half of the season after week 15, uh, the team is now in Japan. Uh, minus the seven players going to the World Cup, uh, Gotsan Trap for Germany, Christian Jakic for Croatia, Daichi Kamada for Japan, 
He's missing the tour in his home country, but I think he's okay with that because he gets to go play in the World Cup. Uh, Randall Kolomuani, who, Matt, you just mentioned, gets a nice substitute role for France. Uh, I would love to see him light the world on fire there. And Jesper Lindstrom with Denmark, Jabril So with Switzerland. Arkham yeah. is getting uh, a What goal. were you saying? Yeah, yeah, I really hope so. Uh, that man, what he's done for us so far this year, I want the world to see it. And yeah. I want his name to be known. But, um, yeah, so they went to Japan for a tour, and we're only on day two as we record here. Um, they lost a friendly today, 4-2, to two, to the Arawa Reds, uh, one of the better, more um, – more followed clubs in the J league there in Japan. We'll get more info on that as this tour develops. Uh, yeah, it was happening while I was working today, but um, you know, it, the, the roster they took there, some of the experienced guys, uh, Rhoda Chandler, and of course, you know, Makoto Hasebe, this is basically a tribute tour for him and a thank you for, for his Japanese roots and them sharing him with, the Bundesliga as a whole, but most especially uh, Eintracht Frankfurt. And it's cool seeing him give these tours. And he's in every every photograph of that I've seen so far. He's in the background laughing or chatting things up. Yeah. But where it segues into the younger players, they took a hell of a lot of young guys with them. And what that does for them to, to give them that cultural experience. Um, but as we talked about off-air too, to share a plane with Rhoda and Chandler and see how guys like Tuta or I don't know, you, you name the foundation name of the club our success on this team. You see how these guys train. Um, you see how they travel, you see how they eat. And that's something that these young guys who aren't on the 23 man roster yet, but are sitting there on, on um, our youth teams or our, uh, what are we calling them now? Are are they two? What do we call that? The under twenty ones? Yeah, under twenty one and I think under nineteen. Twenty threes. There we go. Yeah. I can't keep track of them all from league or country to country, but what they can learn in traveling with these veteran guys should surely pay off in the next couple of years as they learn to become um, experienced professionals themselves. Yeah, it's such a big appreciation, you know, for them, you know, just like being watched by Glasner for for a whole match, you know, and having the trust to play next to next to those guys. I think it's just, uh, like I said, I, I, would, I, I wish there was more like this, but I think it's super cool that this is finally happening. Yeah, no, I agree. It seems like a lot of Bundesliga are traveling out right now, you know, Bayer Leverkusen being here in the U.S., um, it seems like the Bundesliga is definitely branching out a lot more. And I'm glad that, you know, Frankfurt's one of those teams that, you know, gets to do that. And on top of that, you know, we got to tribute, you know, Haseba, you know, bringing it back to his old club, uh, you know, before he came over or not overseas, but, you know, to the West um, and et cetera. Yeah, I can't think of a person more deserving uh, to fly your team to have a tribute, not just a tribute match, but a basically a week just dedicated to celebrating what he's meant in his own country, in Germany, I'm sorry, in Japan, and then is spending so much of his career in Germany, he really is an icon in both places. Mm. Uh, you see the reverence that other players have for him in the Bundesliga, the oldest current player in the league, I believe, or the oldest outfield player in the league. And, you know, he, he's still out there. Every, every chance he can, he's out there throwing his body around. He's not just a, you know, a, 
a, hey, remember me kind of guy. He's still active in every way in this roster. Yeah. 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 It's so, yeah. Um, the tour will wrap up in Japan later this week. And uh, we'll, we'll get some more info on that when we do our next episode. Um, but right now, we're going to take a little break. And as we lead into the break, a uh, segment I do know something about. Hashtag, what are we drinking? Uh, Roman, what are you drinking now? What have you drank recently that uh, that you want to share with us? Yeah, well, right now I'm, I'm boring. I'm, I'm drinking a tap water. Good old California Walnut Creek uh, tap water. Mm. Ah, love it. Um, no, uh, yeah, that's what I'm drinking right now. And uh, what was the last thing I actually had? Uh, very boring. I think I had a Trumer Pills. That was my last my last drink that I had here in the US. Good old Berkeley brewed Trumer Pills. I think by an Austrian, either an Austrian brewery or a dude who left Austria a while ago and started brewing in in uh, in, in in Berkeley. And uh, yeah. By the way, did you guys know that Good Berkeley stuff. University has a parking for Nobel Prize winners? They have literally eight parking spaces <laughs> in prime campus for Nobel Prize winners only. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. I mean, that is the biggest flex. Like, you know, parking in that region is chaos to begin with. Yeah. But to be like, hey, uh, you know, come to Berkeley. You got your own spot. That just <laughs> only when you win a Nobel Prize. That's the only downside. And like they don't have one. So wh- when are you getting on that list? It's like yeah, seven. Wait, how, how do you how do you prove that as well? Is it like a like a handicap thing you put over your back mirror? Yeah. Like yeah, you how get do you a, do that? Yeah, as a Berkeley uh, a Nobel Prize as a Nobel Prize winner at Berkeley, you get uh, your own parking ticket, so to say, like yeah, like a handicap parking thing. And uh, yeah. yeah, and then you get to park on, on one of the parking places that they have. And like, it's not one, it's seven in a row next to each other. You know, like seven Nobel Prize winners could come at the same time and have prime parking. It's probably driving amazing cars too. I think probably. I got to win the Nobel Peace Prize now. Like, I mean, it's the only only reason why I got to do it. I, I I need that parking spot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, when, the, <laughs> when when there's a Nobel Prize for drinking, Matt, we'll nominate you for. Yeah. It. I've, I've I've never been to California. Or I, I guess I've been to San Francisco at just the airport for like a seven hour layover. But like, I need that parking spot now. I I want to be a part of that. All right, exactly. I gotta never. I gotta like cure cancer or some shit. Never too late to come up with new goals in life. <laughs> Matt, what are you drinking? I am doing the same thing as Roman. I am drinking water. And, but what I did have before, which is so exciting, um, I had a Coors Light because I was watching USC. I was drinking a little bit more. If I had drink more than more, the same amount of beers I did with Coors Light than I did with IPAs, I'd probably be still hanging, sitting in my uh, deathbed. So... I went with I went with the half water half beer situation, and I feel like I've been seeing a lot of Coors Light recently. So I feel like you know, I need some sponsorship from them. I need to get like signed. <laughs> get some you know, merch to be honest, us. I love Coors Light. I think it's a very. It sounds weird, but as, as saying that as a German, but I think it's one of the best American lighter beers, and even like the Coors, the Unlight Coors, I also like that. It's usually my camping. When I go camping, I usually bring the non-light Coors, but I think it's a great beer. It's even crisp sometimes. in Germany. Yeah, exactly. It's fresh. It's gri- It's crisp. It's yeah. When I see it in Germany, sometimes in the bar, I'm like, ooh, I think I'd like a Coors Light. You know, so um, I, I'll, I'm, I'm with you on that train hell yeah yeah 
well, I'm not drinking tap water, but I did add a couple drops of tap water to my Woodford Reserve. Um, I Ooh. celebrate whiskey season for about three months every fall, solidly in the middle of it here. So from the beautiful Versailles, Kentucky, Woodford Reserve, uh, always on my shelf here in Casa Chris. Uh, it, I don't know. I The older I get, the more I'm enjoying whiskey. Oh, yeah. And I think I need to extend the season beyond three months because there's so many good ones to try. And, and I have this like baseline of the three or four that I always have available to me. Uh, I love Knob Creek, uh, Woodford yep. Reserve. Good one. A couple others out there. Um, but I, I need to get down to Kentucky. I need to get on the bourbon trail, do some exploring and find some really good small batch, uh, no name kind of places. Cause I know they're down there. So yeah. if somebody's listening, you got some good recommendations. I think I'm going to Kentucky in the spring. So what is, bring back what is, what is whiskey season? Is that something that you make up or is that something that actually exists? Is that you your- know what? It, it should be a real thing. It probably <laughs> is a real thing. Um, no, for me, it's that I, I love having a beer outside when I'm doing yard work. Yeah. It's one of my favorite reasons to get out and actually take care of my lawn. But um, once I'm inside and it's cold, I love the way that the whiskey warms your throat yeah. and you know just kind of makes you feel like you're wearing a blanket but you're not i love that warm burning feeling yeah dude um, I, i'm glad you said that that when you get older like you enjoy whiskey more because like i love whiskey that's my like hard liquor of choice if i go out and stuff like that but i only go through like phases like i'll have like it for like a couple weeks or so maybe i'm not even gonna say weeks i'm gonna say like two three weekends and then like i won't have yeah. it for months and then i'll go back to it but i think i have it more in the winter time than i do during the summertime just because like you said it does make you feel so warm mm. yeah and Even i think part of it too is you know you what you drink usually you're drinking it at room temperature and maybe with an ice cube always um, an ice added cube. to it your beer is always frozen right or yeah. you know cold so you want that when it's hot out in the summer i don't want a, a room temperature whiskey so it is my whiskey season i'll celebrate through about january and then i'll move on to midwinter depression like we do here in the Midwest. This science has definitely <laughs> been figured out. We're just like ignoring to research it, just trying to make our own assumptions at the same time. So please, people, do not take this. Don't take this show for a factual show. <laughs> take it as advice. Well, we're still talking exactly. about Eintracht Frankfurt here, right? So, And uh, the best club in the world. Uh, and we're absolutely Amen. not biased. That's obviously. We're never biased with anything. That's a know? fact. Yeah. No, that's not biased at all. Yeah. yeah. That'll do it. Segment one. Uh, we'll be right back in a few minutes with segment two. Prost. Welcome back to Hey Track Frankfurt, episode 248. That's a lot of episodes, guys. I know. Um, you know, one, Brian, thing man. That, one thing that's been a recent addition to the show, one of my favorites over the last couple of years, has been the Frauen. 
Um, oh yeah. The recent addition has just been an awesome addition to the, the Frankfurt portfolio. Uh, the women's team to recap where we are at this point in the year, they're on a long break. I, I don't even know. It's not a Hinrunde situation. They're only like eight matches in uh, to the 22 match season, but whatever, there's about a four week break. Um, so not a lot happening right now. Uh, they come back to Bundesliga play on November 26, home against Bayer Leverkusen. Um, but we did have a handful of players traveling with the German national team. I'll bring that up because they were here in the United States. And if if you pay attention to the women's international game, uh, the United States women's national team, who's been the gold standard for, what, forever, uh, they're kind of confused right now. They're kind of having a little identity crisis, not sure where they're going. Um, and Germany took advantage of that. Uh, they actually won two to one in the first match here in the States. Uh, Laura Freigang started at the center of a four, three, three attack. Um, three Eagles on the defensive line with Kleiner and Dorson and Muskin. And Germany took a two to one lead shortly after the break and they never looked back. Um, Good for them, you know, not my team, but I know we got Germans listening and, you know, I'm proud of our, our ladies for doing what they came to the States to do. Um, match number two, two to one victory for the U.S. We did not see uh, Laura Fragang in that one. Now in that one, the back four had um, three, look at it here. Yep, three Eagles in the starting lineup. Uh, Nicole Anyomi was in the starting lineup on the back line kind of a different position than she plays for us at the club level. Um, but Germany could not hold on in that one loss two to one, but more importantly, everyone's coming home healthy. So they'll get back to training next week and play by our Leverkusen on Saturday, November 26. And that one is important not to look too far ahead because the following week is a match at Wolfsburg and they're attempting to sell out their men's stadium for that one. Uh, can't look ahead and we'll have more on that in the next episode but uh there's a lot to come with the frown oh yeah roman matt you got anything on that yeah well you know first of all i thought it was kind of interesting to have uh, um, uh two matches against the same team like kind of in a row i was like a little bit reminded of uh, baseball you know how, how it is in, in baseball that you yeah. play like three times in a row against the same opponent in a, in a very short period of time so i thought that was interesting just that concept you know um and uh, um, yeah. you see it a lot in the women's game, and I like it because from the development perspective, it gives you the opportunity to say see the same thing twice. Yeah, and when they're friendlies, it it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. You use that as a development opportunity, but you have that that baseline from match one to make some changes yeah. against that same team in match two to see how you progress. Exactly, and that should do it. Do you guys think the men should do it? That could be kind of interesting. You know, what if like Germany, England played like the two games during international play, uh, international break? And if it's like a two nothing win, then hey, like, haha. That's, I mean, that's I guess what international I thought. That would be so don't cool. exist anymore. Yeah. I thought about this yeah. when in baseball, right? So when I watched this, I was like, how would that work? How would that look like in, in, in soccer? You know, if you had like, you know, one, like within very short period of time, not like two weeks or next, next week, but like literally, you know, like, okay, now we have a match on, uh, on, on Tuesday and then we have another match on, on Wednesday, uh, on Tuesday and then another on Thursday, like the rematch. That would be very interesting, yeah. you know? Um, uh, that, that's Maybe what I thought. Maybe exhausted. 
They'd be exhausted. I think it'd be more like a Saturday game and then like a Wednesday game, maybe. Like yeah, you yeah, definitely yeah. do that. Exactly. Whatever, whatever well, I'll, the I'll the, um, the shenanigans would be, right? But I just thought it was a really interesting concept. That's what I liked about it. Yeah. You know, just like yeah. this. Um, um, I am a college hockey fan. That's my believe it or not. That's my number one sport. Is as obscure as it may be, but in college hockey, you do the two game weekend series all year long. Yeah. So you travel to whomever uh, if it's someone nearby. I I would love to see in Germany and they're they're so regimented with the structure of their schedule. I understand it. It's they did it in my league sense. here too for soccer but, Saturday Sunday. But games. wouldn't you wouldn't you love to see uh, say uh, on back to back match days, whether it's Sunday to Saturday or Saturday to Wednesday, however it may be. Um, Back to back against Dortmund or back to back against Mines. And I think what it would do, and not to mention what it would do for the penalty situation, uh, you you'd be tremendously careful with those yellow cards because yeah. hey, we got two against Bayern coming up. Let's not get so and so suspended against Mines. Yeah, you know? and roster wise, you know, you would be like, okay, now we um we can only in one of we can only use um, uh, let's say Kolomuani in in one of those games, you know, because like that would be super interesting how how soccer would look like if you would, you know, because obviously you cannot have uh, a ninety two three ninety minutes minute games in a row, so you would have yeah. different teams and different rosters, and you would really have to calculate which one is the more important team, when give p- players a break, you know, it would be like the dynamic would be so interesting. Uh, how it would pan out, you know, how they would make it work. As a as a player who's played in a Division three league that played on Fridays, Saturdays on a weekend basis, but like you know, we didn't play a twenty two league season. You know, we only played. Yeah. Uh, well, our league conference season was four weekends in a row. Um, being a starter for both those games, uh, for every single game essentially since my uh, freshman year, it's not fun. As a player, so like you, that, you that's, guys played I, on back-to-back days, right? Back-to-back yeah. days. So we had a game Friday at like twelve, uh, two o'clock, and then like that Saturday, like at three o'clock. You know, so yeah, like you, you can never do that with professional. We, yeah, we, yeah. we barely had twenty-four hours between breaks and stuff like that. And like, yeah, you know, you you were fine. We were conditioned stuff like that. But like, I didn't walk Sunday or Monday or Tuesday. Like, yeah. I just did it. And well, like, if know, I you, did, you I was holding against the walls. Like, it it wasn't. It, it's. Like they switched it finally. Of course, they switch it when you leave, but yeah. um, but you could go back to back match days. You know, a Saturday, Saturday, or Saturday, Wednesday, or however it's set up. Um, you know, instead of playing Bayern on match day one and match day eighteen, we play them on one and two, and then we move on to the next ones. And you know, yeah, yeah I, I think it would be, be like I said, it would be just a management of squad. You know, like the same way, like in baseball, right? So what I learned is I don't know how many throws a pitcher can do in, in a uh, in in uh, in a row, and then they need like I don't know how many days of break, right? So you have to kind of yeah. really calculate which match do I want to use that pitcher because once he hit the eighty mark or whatever, he's out for the next three four days, and hence for the next two, three days. So how do you balance your squad and how do you balance your players? So it would bring in a totally new angle. I'm not saying, I'm not advocating for it, so don't get me wrong, right? But just like by <laughs> by interest, I would love to see that, you know, like how how it would pan out if you really had like three back-to-back matches and maybe not 90 minutes, but 60 minutes. 
and uh, and and how you would yeah how you would would deal with these issues. Oh, for sure. You know, we could go we could go like welcome to Wrexham style and have half pod by like a fifth division league and then play it out with our own rules like that. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> Test yeah. it out. Exactly. <laughs> like they do in minor league baseball. Anyway, um, let's review as we wrap up this episode. Let's review the first half of the season here because I, for how harsh the first couple weeks were with some really brutal losses to Real Madrid and coming out totally flat on match day one against Bayern. It's been a hell of a recovery. And I know talking to both of you over the months, I don't think we expected this. And as it built and built and built, there's really nothing to complain about here. So this is going to be a complaint-free zone. We're going to talk about some of our favorite parts of the first half of the month. Um, Let's talk about our favorite player or the best player. Let's go with the best player. Who's been the best player? Can we all agree it's RKM or of the is there anyone else that right? can stand up? No, I, I'm talking about for our team first. We'll get into the league. But, right, no, RKM um, is the best player of yeah. the Bundesliga is what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would agree. I've been saying this. I've been saying this since like, I feel like um, since after I Leipzig or Bremen or something like that. He is yeah. Bundesliga player of the year. He is an absolute star. He's broken through, you know, he's, he, he's him. He's that guy. He is him. And it he took is- him about two weeks. And after, after two weeks, he figured himself out and it's just been lighting the world on fire ever since. Um, do you think he can maintain this or does water find its level? He's a unique number nine where he solidified himself recently or like, you know, at the start of his Bundesliga season with us as a provider and stuff like that. Cause obviously he's a big number nine. He can, he's fast, you know, he can obviously lay the ball off, but he's been on a scoring streak recently now because, you know, players didn't think he shoots now and now he proves he can shoot. So I think he's got a lot more tricks up his sleeves. I think he's got a lot more to prove. I think he's even hungrier, especially now that he's on the World Cup team. Um, I, I think we're seeing a lot more from him. And I think, you know, him and Daichi are, and Lindstrom and Gutsa, you know, are going to be such a powerful quad group or quadro. I don't know how to call it, um, <laughs> that we are excited to see about. He just started. I agree. I mean, yeah, yeah. He's just starting. Like, he, I mean, it's his first first season, and he's already kicking ass. Like, like I don't know. I mean, like, usually, usually it takes takes a few seasons, you know, like a few months, you know, uh, to to get into that kind of grind. But like, he's like full swing. He's like, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what be almost. Yeah, it's just a. It's a. It's a. It's a it's a miracle, I would even say. You know, where was where now, was he all the time? He's untouchable, right? Yeah, like you can't he's get un- rid of the ball. I mean, like you cannot get him off the ball. Oh, I meant as far as transfers go. I mean, it, my concern if he goes to Qatar in the next month and finds his way under the pitch and makes some noise, uh, you know that people will come calling. And I thought this was supposed to be positive. We- Let's stay positive. <laughs> I know. I know. Do you think there's a chance? Or the fact we're alive in all three competitions, including the Champions League, um, do we say, hey, thanks for calling, but we're keeping him? Yeah. I, I mean, he's definitely – yeah, he's too fresh here to already uh, be leaving. I think he also has a mission. And we have um, – yeah, we have a very unique – 
Yeah, we have a very unique team, you know, and the situation. And and, yeah. and and I think the coolest thing is Frankfurt is one of the very few teams in the Bundesliga where you can actually win titles. You know, I mean, this sounds maybe a little bit uh, arrogant, but I mean, if you want to win titles, um, you you can you can go either to obviously Bayern, that's uh, the easiest, but in the Bundesliga at least, that's uh, and then within the next Dortmund and Frankfurt are the next teams to win titles, and within Europe it's almost the same thing. If you want to win titles in Europe or within, okay, of course, if you go to Paris Saint Germain, okay, you win titles. If you go to City, then you win titles. But uh, the likeliness of winning a title. With and I mean I'm sorry it so sounds so weird that I'm putting that I'm saying these words right but the the ability if I think Frankfurt is among the top take the number one clubs out right but the second tier clubs uh, you win titles with Frankfurt if you're a young player and you want to win something but you're not yet ready for Liverpool Manchester City PSG and uh, and maybe Real Madrid and Barcelona right so you're not yet for the big for the big 10 so to say Frankfurt right. is your is your team as a young player to win something hey, right? here's a great way to formulate that kind of question name another team besides you know your Barcelona Real Madrid Man yeah. City um Bayern um, I'm not naming Dortmund in this um, I guess I will call Dortmund PSG. You know, name any sort of team that has won titles consistently in the last five years. Yeah, Frankfurt's up there. Frankfurt's one Absolutely. of them. There's, there's two right there, and you know that is a great point you're saying. Um, and you know, just going, just kind of reverting back to uh, Colomani. You know, we were talking about this earlier. If he does go, he's he's not leaving for less than a hundred. Simply put. Yeah. Simply put, the guy yeah. has five goals. He has nine assists right now for us in the season. This is just the Bundesliga, not counting what he's done in the Champions League so far. Yeah. Um, I mean, the guys are freaking the guys are freaking stud, and the best part is about it, you know, um, which uh, our finances are going to be incredible because you know God knows what happens is going to happen with Daichi and Lindstrom because both of those guys are currently in the top ten in the Bundesliga in terms of scoring as well. You know, I mean, her offense is just so awesome and like. Just having this kind of like shift from having like Jovic, Rebic, Haller, like um, freaking Gacinovic, you know, all these guys. And then, you know, not having anyone there. Then Andre Silva blew up in the scene. And then all of a sudden, you know, we had nobody there. And then all of a sudden, you know, now we have RKM, you know, for us. It's just, yeah, fuck, it's awesome. And you know, Matt, you kind of led me into my next question. Who's been the biggest surprise in the first half of the season? Besides well, Kodomani? Besides RKM? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Your, your, best, your best player, you can't name the same person, just for the sake of argument here, because we can put him down for every category. Uh, but who's been your, your biggest surprise, positive or negative, uh, in the first half of the season? I think Kamada. In my opinion, I think he's I think he's exploded more than he has before, and I think because you know he was so consistent in in Europa and whatnot, and so inconsistent in the Bundesliga, he is consistent everywhere now. And I think Wrong. I think I think another one uh, is I think Dina Mbembe. I like him. You stole yeah. him. Oh, <laughs> I like him. Yeah, yeah, and he also has yeah. more potential, right? So you with him, you always think like he just, he he just started, you know. That's just like 
he or he's just about to start you know that's what i think what's um uh, excited about about this part you know but my my player would be and here i'm going to put a little bit of my my german hat on uh, i think mario götze is uh, is also uh, high up there in my uh, in, in my surprise list so to say um obviously you could say okay he already won the the, the, the he is a world champion so why what where's the surprise but i think he did a tremendous comeback he plays a absolute important ball like his 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 his, uh, his eyes his past the last pass that he does um his fitness which i did not expect mo many times yeah. he's like the, the the one with the most mileage uh, uh on, on the uh, on the speedometer you know so it's uh, i did not expect that you know i thought like he'd be Especially he wasn't playing in the first uh, couple of matches, you know, full uh, at, at full speed. So I was like, okay, yeah, he's he's older. He still needs to get used to the uh, to the speed. He, you know, I, th I had all these things in my hand and then ahead, and then suddenly, you know, he exploded and he puts he's he's like a machine, and uh, so that's why by surprise, and and I have to admit, I was a little bit. And 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 you know me. I have my my little not issue problem, but you know I have these these. Uh, I was not really happy about the bus dust. You know, I'm not a big fan of 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 old dudes. You know, giving them uh, um, their last chance. Um, sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. I'm more like I, I'd rather have have young uh, young guns than old dudes, right? In uh, in general, but he really surprised me. You know, so it it's not. A, um, it's it's something really uh, I would say remarkable um, that I did not see coming to that extent. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was going to be a bench player yeah. at first, but you know, I was I was also worried to go with his fitness and stuff and the way our style and play. But I think you know the Bayern game he played fairly well regarding the score. But I think it was the Hatsa game where he really exploded. Yeah, guts is a good one. Yeah, it is one thing to come back to your home country league that you grew up in, spent your whole career there, and close things out and if we had done that you mentioned bastos before it would have been a similar thing even though he was kind of productive but it, people kind of laughed at goats like coming back to frankfurt if you come back go somewhere where you're going to win something yeah not only did he come back uh, he found his way onto a world cup roster in less than three months time yeah that is astonishing he went from off the radar to making a World Cup roster in three months. Yeah. That just goes to show how not just as a player on the pitch, uh, his leadership for a very young team. I mean, we are we are not experienced, especially at that front end. And he's kind of the, the old man anchor up there for them uh, emotionally. He keeps things very organized. You see him constantly talking to players, keeping them motivated. Yeah. I love seeing that from him. Uh, he's a, a big surprise for me. And as you mentioned, Abebe, uh, he's getting better. We're just scratching the surface there. Um, one surprise I was going to mention is we're not saying Kevin Trapp's name nearly as much as we're accustomed agreed, to. Yeah. But you, but this, in this he case, he's not having to save our ass. And that's a good thing for this defense. Yeah. But to that extent, you, you, you would have to name the whole roster, right? I mean, and, What right. about uh, we didn't even talk Lindstrom and Rode and you know Let's flip it. What was the biggest disappointment? Uh I'm gonna go with Christopher Lentz. I 
I'm kind of tied on this one because I don't want to fault anybody for being injured. Uh, But I thought we saw enough from him last year where I wanted to see a a step forward in his value and what he can give week in and week out. And we haven't seen any consecutive weeks of him because he just can't stay healthy enough. Mm -hmm. And that's no, that's no fault to him. So I'm not going to say he's, disappointment yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, i mean disappointment at this team you cannot i mean that's you know th- what we really call a disappointment a now would be something we would wish for uh, uh three years ago right so um i think yeah i think that's how i see it you know when i say mine would be pellegrini i would probably say like i wish we had pellegrini three years ago you know um yeah and, and that's where we are or that's how i see it you know so it's like disappointment is is uh, you know on on a on a fucking Champions League best round of sixteen <laughs> level, you know? Unbelievable, yeah. Not like um, relegation against Nuremberg one one and just like barely make it through an uh, away goal, uh, you know? Not not on that level. It's basically it's fucking round of sixteen Champions League. Yeah, we can say, and it, it's backed up with the documentation now. Uh, we are one of the 16 best in Europe right it's now. It's fucking crazy. And that will that will filter itself out. No one's saying that we're winning the whole thing at the moment. But you go through a process, you develop your players for a reason, and we're going to see where it leads. Do you guys follow uh, more? Do you guys follow the Instagram page FTBL or football by any chance? Because they, they usually put out like the top like 10 or top 15 rankings of like so- of soccer teams. They put Napoli at number three. I cannot wait for that to fucking drop so fast. I can't wait. Um, I cannot wait. But to my disappointment, quickly, because um, I know yeah. we're way over time. Um, oh, we got all night. Let's keep going. Is is it? too much is it is it too soon to say that or not too soon oh i i feel bad saying this is Boria a disappointment i feel is it unfair like to Raphael say that or i feel like he's the guy who needs routine and rhythm uh when he was clicking at the end of last year through the europa league run uh, he was very much a, a person of process and deliberate nature and it's hard when someone takes your job away from you, uh, but the way Kolomuani's done it can't be argued yeah. either. Uh, and it would be one thing if he, you know, if it was between him and Alario, and neither one of them are producing, and oh, what are we going to do? But he legitimately lost his job to someone who's much better. And I don't fault Bore for that. I won't call him a disappointment because when he is in there, it's not like he. You know, his 15 minutes at the end of the match is garbage time. He's running it out like like it's a brand new match. Um, I think his heart is there. I just think he needs to learn how to be a bench player. Yeah. Some guys are meant to be in that starting lineup. Some play better off the bench. But didn't he kind of like, I was I was really disappointed. Like, was it the Bochum game where he was in the starting lineup and he basically yeah. didn't do, sh- I mean, sorry to say, but he d- didn't do yeah. shit. I mean, uh, th- this is where I was disappointed, you know? I mean, maybe he was mad at the situation, but instead of oh, showing pissed. the coach, you know, like, dude, you know, you you did a mistake on putting me on the on the bench. He kind of showed Glasner, that's why I'm on the bench, you know? 
Um, oh, he's pissed for sure. And I feel like there, there, there could have been an opportunity where he could have played over Gutsa at some point and kind yeah. of play well with uh, Okolomani and Lindstrom and stuff like that. But I think he's just one of those type of strikers that he has to be the focal point. And I'm not saying in his mental side of things. I'm just saying in his kind of play yeah. style and stuff like that. And yeah. I mean, I was hoping he could kind of work that out in training and stuff, but it just doesn't seem like it. And I mean, now yeah. it's just really taking over his emotions. And you can tell, like you yeah. said, the Bochum game, absolute garbage maybe this is a situation where having more than two months off now which is far longer than usual having two months off might give him that opportunity while others are out uh kolomoani's out playing in the world cup goats is out there we're probably gonna need bore early on to play some meaningful minutes just as we work guys back into the squad and it might be a good opportunity for him to get solid minutes and say hey Don't forget about me. I can still contribute. Exactly. Yeah, and we and I would say we need we will need him. You know, so it's not. Um, uh, but we need a strong Bore. You know, we don't need we don't need the Bochum Bore. You know, if if he if, if that's if that's his new performance, we need the Barcelona Bore. Exactly. We need the exactly. West Ham Absolutely. Bore. Yes. Yeah, that's what we need, yes. and and we're gonna have. Hopefully, we're gonna have a long season with uh, with many more Champions League matches and the uh, cup, and you know, and, and 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 an impact season as well. You know, for for making it uh, to for qualifying the, the Champions League in in next year, and for this, we need we need our Bore. You know, we need exactly as, as you say, we need the um, we need a top Bore. And uh, but not yeah. the Bochum one. This shit got this shit's got to go. You know, then then have fun in in uh, at, I don't know where at, at Watford or whatever. You know, so but <laughs> so I got one more question for you guys. Uh, through 15 matches and six in Champions League and a handful of others, what has been your favorite moment? Not your favorite match, but is there been a moment that stood out to you that just made you say, "Damn it, we're back!" Or you know, this is the year. What was that moment for you so far? I mean, the Champions League, qualifying for the Champions League, round of 16, I think, is an all-time moment for us. Um, I will tell you the moment for me. Maybe this will stimulate your mind a bit. Um, when Daichi Kamada stepped up to that penalty spot and they're pointing laser beams in his eyes oh, and yeah. he just smiled it off. Yeah. Um, I, looked, I looked at my buddy Garrett at the bar and I said, he's making this shot and we're winning this fucking group. Now, we know that didn't play out that way yeah. but he made that shot with such confidence for for that guy for all we've put him through and all that he's been put through in the media around this club uh he's played a hell of a, a season so far and for him to step up with that smile on his face you knew it was going in at yeah. that moment yeah I think it, I think they did us a favor with that laser. Now I'm thinking about it because I think it relaxed him more. Because if anything, he was probably nervous as yeah. hell when he came up. But then did the laser. He goes, "Are you guys kidding me?" And then he kind of was like, "Okay, this is just a penalty, you know." And then just smashed it right there. Um, but I, I'm sorry, I didn't want to take a stop, Roman. Which one's your Which one's your moment? No, okay, so it's kind of similar, but actually, it was the the Hoffenheim game afterwards because uh, I I was I was so sure we we're going to lose this one, and we didn't. You know, so for me, the, the having these games like the the Benfica one, uh, Benfica the Sporting is like okay, yeah, we. Um, I'm sorry, I mean, it sounds again arrogant, but it's like we're almost used to that. You know, we can we can we can perform in these types of matches, but that we were suddenly able to even do that 
on, uh, um, on 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 matches like this. You know, this was something I would say um, for me was like, oh my god! And like the the type of ball we played against Hoffenheim, you know, the the dominance, the aggressiveness that we uh, that we put on the on the pitch, the uh, that I was not really, I don't know, I I have not seen them this type of soccer in Frankfurt for decades. Right and and for and this after this match right so don't get me wrong they kind of go together like only the Hoffenheim game would be one thing and only the uh, sporting We've Augsburg before that as well and then Augsburg exactly absolutely so these three matches in a row were like and and I mean if we would have won Mainz I mean this would have been I would say like holy shit like like literally Glasner got rid of the diva like. But yeah, we, we, still, we have a little bit. <laughs> Honestly, I agree with. I, I think I got to agree with you on that because I'm looking through the schedule and stuff like that. I'm looking. I'm like, God damn, we look. We lost to fucking Wolfsburg, but now looking at at their hot run, like okay, like one nothing loss doesn't look not this bad now. Yeah, um, it yeah. did look back then. Um, I mean, the Leipzig game was also unbelievable. That when we went four nothing, I was like, this is gonna be fun. But then you know we got smacked by Sporting three nothing, which wasn't a three nothing game. We just switched off yeah. for like ten minutes. Um, but I think you're right. You know, I think after that, um, sports, the, the second sports team, and we won two one, you know, I completely felt like, all right, you know, Augsburg will probably like lose and then Hoffenheim will probably tie something like that just because, you know, that's the deal. We'll probably be tired. But, you know, I think you're right. The Hoffenheim game, it's, you know, when they scored that, um, that three, two goal and like right after the second half, which was honestly kind of a banger. Um, yeah. We switched on like a light switch, you know. It's like okay, yeah. like let's just quickly do this again, like because when because once I knew we had that ability, and then obviously, you know what? Not even ten minutes, you know, Lindstrom scores and we're up four two. I was like, whoa, like this feels definitely different. So no, I I completely agree with you, Roman. Exactly. I think right. The Hoffenheim game was the switch is like where it switched for me. And like literally, right? It was three to one, and then it was three to two, and we were like, "Oh my god, old Eintracht, no, it was, please!" It was three nothing, Roman. We almost uh, yeah, fucked exactly. up three nothing. Yeah, three nothing, <laughs> and then it's up three two, and we're like, "Oh shit, here we go again!" But no, we didn't go again. You know, so that's where I was like, "This is kind of like so many positive surprises to the uh, to that extent." You know, where I'm like, "Holy shit!" Like this is a new this is a new Frankfurt. I was like, "This is not the Frankfurt that I I knew." You know, it's like a different, it's like a different club. I'm, I almost feel like a fucking Bayern supporter. You know, where it's like, yeah, well, we win these games, and we're like, yeah, we dominate, and we're like, yeah, we 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 we're killing it, and we're like the shit of the league, and and you know, it's like, it's it's so it's such a weird feeling uh, that I still and and after this this Hoffenheim game, I was like, okay, I I. I I felt different as a Frankfurt supporter is suddenly different. Like the humbleness somehow is gone. And I kind of forced myself to, uh, to, to, to remind myself, you know, this is only a momentarily situation. It's not. And you know, exactly. You're going to lose the next match and this, and then you don't. And it's, uh, it's, and now we have found myself saying last week before the sports game, say like now Frankfurt just doesn't lose to teams back to back. We just don't. Like, if we play you once and we lose to you, we're guaranteed to win the next game. Maybe even a tie, yeah. but most likely a win. Like, we will never lose to yeah. teams back-to-back in succession when we play them. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like it happens with us anymore. And just being able to say that, like you said, I'm just like, <laughs> I just step back a little bit because, like, what? Not even freaking, like, six years ago, we were fighting for relegation. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's hard to, to really, like, realize just how big that, 
they, they, you know, in that resiliency, be it, be a tennis ball, not an egg, this group's ability to bounce back, man. I remember watching that three nil loss to you with you in New York, uh, on October 8th. That was not that long ago. And we were like, Oh my God, this is ridiculous. And then we went out and lost to Tottenham a couple days later. And since then it's just been unstoppable, absolutely unstoppable. And you just keep kind of waiting for that roller coaster to, yeah, to crest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this is a plateau. And the cool part about a plateau, it doesn't necessarily go back down. It might be another hill going up. Uh, th- there's a lot to look forward to in the second half of the season because we are still in three competitions. Uh, the Pokal starts back up February 7th uh, to our good friends uh, in Darmstadt. We'll go to that lovely hell hole of a <laughs> hole in the ground. It, I, I hate that place. I've been oh, there yeah. twice. It's just awful. Um, but then right after that, uh, we head down to Italy to take on Napoli on February 21st. And I mean, that means we're in three competitions until February, mid February. That is for given where we've been, like you said, Matt, six years ago, <laughs> it, it doesn't get any better. It's I a miracle. sit here and talk about it all night. This I, is a living I know miracle. Nathan's going to edit this and be like, these guys need to shut up. I just want to talk about Frankfurt all damn night because it's so fun to talk about winning for once. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's crazy. Like it's yeah. Who would have, who would have guessed so, that we will ever get, have this type of situation? You know. As we close out this episode, um, this is our opportunity to look at the long break ahead here with the next two months off, it's going to suck not watching oh, yeah. a meaningful match for two months. Like it's really going to be because we're at such a high point right now. Eight weeks of quiet is really going to be hard to tolerate, but it'll give us some time for perspective. But while we're on the emotional high, uh, do we want to change any of our predictions going into the second half? Or are we pretty comfortable with what we predicted for this club or or do we need to look a little bit higher in one of these three competitions i'm going to stay with my european prediction you know thinking that we're going to take a, a europe spot whether it's champions league or europa um if i'm you know gunned ahead being forced to say what we're going to do i think i'm going to have to say europa just because the diva still lives in us somewhere i feel like i hope you're right roman with you know gloucester diminishing the diva but ptsd <laughs> is a real thing man ptsd is a real thing um but i think i think we beat napoli in the champions league i think we make it to the dave people call final um and yeah i think we're gonna make it i think we're gonna make it in the europa spot i'd love it roman are we still trending up? Oh, shit. Or are you too too nervous to look too far ahead? No, I, I'm never nervous. Like I always set high goals, right? That's that's I, I yeah. I'm you know I'm I'm here. I'm the Silicon Valley guy. If you can't dream it up, you 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 can never get it. You know. So uh, I I like moonshot ideas. I'm I'm the moonshot person. I always think you should always aim uh, aim for Mars to uh, to get to the moon, right? So um, I. I so I, I I so obviously I'm not gonna be mad if we don't 
um, uh, hit any of those goals if we just have a great season and let's say we we lose tight to Napoli and I don't know we we end up being six in the Bundesliga table and maybe semi-final with the DFB Pokal I'm, I'm not going to be mad I'm not going to be angry of anything but but you know I I I I think being on the amongst the top four in the Bundesliga this season is an absolute possibility right and that should be the goal that i would even even say like the minimum goal and i'm you know you got to aim high right so don't get me wrong uh, how how i see the how i see things so you got to aim high and so i would go for the top four. that's an absolute achievable goal in our situation with the squad i mean of course if if we come if we get troubles with like people losing or come uh, leaving early or you know uh, in injuries and whatever you know but like in the, the the squad that we have right now let's even say we get one or two uh, players for the defense uh, you know so there there's some possibilities there but you know i'm i'm even going to be so crazy i'm just going to say that just because just because i have been i've been uh, 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 crazy about um, uh, winning the Europokal, which we have been chanting uh, since, you know, even in the second league in Oberhausen, we did the Europokal Pogo and and fucking um, Deutscher Meister wird nur die SGE. Roman, you are constantly the antidote to my negativity and I appreciate that about you. Uh, I wish I could be that positive. I'm barely right though, but you know, at least you know, it's, I have to. I have to, you know. But it must feel good. It must feel good to be that positive. Well, you know, you, usually we have on. like the the pessimism, you know, the the self protective pessimism, you know. Yes. But uh, and, and this is going to come back, right? Don't don't get me wrong. But fucking, you know, like I have never been. I, I mean, the last time I've been so close to winning the championship, uh, and you know, Bayern is struggling, Dortmund is struggling, um, uh, all the other teams there are somewhere else, you know, and and, and like don't, and don't get and don't understand me wrong. I'm not the sort of go. Oh, no, this guy he thinks we're going to win the championship. I don't think we're going to win it. I'm just saying, what's what's the goal? You know, what how, what do you want to? Why do you wake up? You know, what makes you wake up? And and if I were a player right now for Frankfurt, I would say, fucking, we have this chance. And yes, it's slim to None, but it is. It has never been so high uh, right now than it has ever been. So why not have that type of goal? You know, and I mean, you know what I mean. I mean, give me a break. Yeah. If we, if uh, like I said, I, I'm with you. I love Dortmund, it. I think I love it. <laughs> I think the higher the better needs to be the priority right now in the league. Yeah, I, absolutely. Matt, I, I agree with you that we can beat Napoli. I don't know if we will at yeah. that point. At this point in the competition, I we're kind of we swinging above our weight class financially and, yeah. and you know, historically. So I don't think we will, but I think we can. Yeah. But I think the priority, just like last year, Glasner put all the eggs into the Europa League basket. Yeah. I think our priority going forward needs to be 100%. Because it is there to be had. Yeah. I, I still think Bayern's going to win the league for, yeah. you know, every reason that we've already covered, but I think the rest of it is there to be had. Freiburg is damn good. Yeah. And I don't know why people aren't talking about them. We've talked about them every other year, but this year nobody seems to be talking about them yeah. and they're challenging Bayern right now. Um, Dortmund has more questions and they have answers. Uh, other than that, like two, three, don't four. Forget, Dortmund's and coming back healthy I, next I year. I think we're doing it. Yeah. It, I've, I've said constantly, 
Champions League is great. What would be better is qualifying two years in a row. Exactly. That's where 100%. the compound interest on that money starts to pay off. And all of a sudden, we're buying players that take us to yeah. to that regularly competing level. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and that's, hey, that's I what, hope I'm wrong. And here, don't I get swear. me wrong, right? With my with my championship, like I I believe, like in the Champions League, we have no chance, no single chance. I mean, like we have, we might win Napoli, maybe with a lot of luck, but that's it. You know, like the Barcelona thing yeah. that 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 we pulled off in the Europa League when they had like nobody of them wanted to play Europa League and everyone was like, "What the fuck is going on?" Like, this is not going to happen in Champions League. You know, no way. And we sold our soul to do it. Yeah, we settled for a below uh, bottom half of the table finish just yeah. to do that. There's no way we could have run run strong in both competitions. Absolutely. This year we might be better positioned to do that. But it's a much harder competition. Totally, totally. And if we make it, if we win Napoli, that's it. Like whoever we pl- whoever we play in the, in the top eight, that's it. You know, I don't think we can win to any of those teams of those top eight. Uh, maybe one game, yes, but two, no, no way. But like in, in the, this... if you put all the basket with that team that has these capabilities, and you say like you you, you focus fully on the league, and I'm not saying then you can win the championship. But in that case, you can you you can uh, you you can make some impact. You know, you can you can um, you can qualify again for the Champions League, and then maybe with a so, bit a bit of luck, and uh, with with other teams performing badly, why not? So then, am I crazy to think that we have a better chance to win the Champions League than the Bundesliga this year? We're not going to do I both. Wouldn't. Yeah. I would say I, I would think that's harder. I wouldn't disagree. Yeah, I, I think in a cup competition, the chances are better. Um, water tends to find its level in league play yeah. just because of the number of opportunities out there. Um, but I'm reminded a lot of you know it, with our back-to-back Pokal appearances and figuring it out the second time around. Europa League runs a few years in a row, and then we figure it out yeah. in the end. It's always about growth and using your experience to better your opportunity the next time around. This isn't going to be our Champions League final run. No, no um, definitely not. Yeah, and Valencia I mean, kind of showed it, if, right? If it is, Matt, we're we're gonna go and party in Turkey. I promise. Yeah, I will buy <laughs> you. Life I, I, I will buy you the first round in Turkey. I don't care. But it, it's just the fact that we're having this discussion right now almost makes me emotional because yeah. it's just. <laughs> I've never, I've never had this feeling with this club. Oh my god! I, absolutely. And it, I, I live in like the best worst sports city in America, and yet the team I follow three thousand miles away is owning my heart. I mean, they generally do all the time, but it's usually in like an abusive way. This is truly like a passion of pleasure right now, and I just don't know. Where it ends, and it I don't still doesn't care. really feel right, right? So that's like the odd part. I feel like, you know, you know that feeling when like things are going your way, but you know, you know, you're on a heater at the blackjack table, but you know, at some point that deck's going to change yeah. and it's all going to cool off. You're trying to get out of it as much as you can. That's kind of where I feel here, where like I'm aware we don't have what it takes to win the league or to win champions league, but I'm here for the ride. Yeah. 
as long as we can ride it. Yeah. And there's something tangible at the other end. When you cash out from that blackjack table, you might not still be up two grand, but you might be up 500. And given that we came into it, broke, we walked into the casino with our last $20, uh, which literally is where we came from six years ago. As Matt said, we were barely in the league and now we're the talk of the league. And that is the most fantastic feeling in the world. Okay, now and I, I know we're we're tight on time, but then why why should we stop uh, at this at this run? So, what is your guys' take on uh, Ben Manga? So, him oof, him leaving to uh, most likely leaving to uh, to Watford, Watford right? Sucks. I hate it. What happened to only positivity today? <laughs> I know, I know, no, but we, we it, I don't know it, if it's a real killer. Yeah, it's it, but. I, I do think Love. there's a silver he, lining there, though. He We've built. He built us a ahead. great team, right? Like I'm, I'm, I think I'm still your words here, Chris. But the, he he built us a great great team, and it sucks because like he I think I think he was more of a person that was just supposed to create a foundation for us because I think Crusher wanted a couple other people um, in line, or he has a couple people in mind. I'm not even sure if he's kind of involved in those decisions, but um, I figured like his. Red Bull family would have someone huge coming from like that kind of scouting department side of things. So, but I mean, it sucks. I mean, he, he, he kind of was the brains behind this lineup and stuff like that for us, essentially, you know? So it's, mm. it, it was definitely a tough one. I don't know the inner workings of the club um, as well as, <coughs> excuse me, as well as some others do. Um, but I got this feeling that, that there was a good balance between, Ben Manga's eye for young talents and Crochet's understanding of a more veteran presence. Like the, the idea of Lindstrom and Goza and uh, Kola Mawani as the, the tip of the spear is really like uh, we had it. It was here in Detroit. We had a, a three person hockey line called uh, two kids and a goat. Because you had an old man, um, you know, of world fame in Brett Hall, and then you had two guys that were 20 years old that no one had ever heard of next to him, and all of a sudden they won a Stanley Cup. Translate that to what Frankfurt is doing here. Mario Goza is a, a legend in Germany for his World Cup heroics. Nobody, and I, I talked soccer with friends every day, still nobody knows who Jesper Lindstrom is. Nobody yeah. knows who Randall Kolo Muani is, and I'm fine keeping it that way. Um, but I think that balance of youth and veteran leadership is what Ben Manga and Krosha kind of figured out how to do together because they kind of have different eyes for the talent. It's going to be hard to replace Manga. Um, I don't know anyone internally. I don't know the front office well yeah. enough, but I hope we utilize our resources. And I think our brand is strong enough right now to sell itself. And you say, Hey, look what we've done with an extremely limited budget in a very hard time for any club worldwide. And not only are we winning, we're winning titles. Yeah. You can sell that. You can sell that to scouts and, and development people and maybe get somebody that we generally couldn't afford 
to come and take a shot at us. But like you know, we also have to watch out, right? Because Gladbach, for example, is a good good example. You know where yeah. where where things can change very quickly. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying like Gladbach didn't win any titles while they were, you know, uh, I would say the hottest shit of the Bundesliga after Bayern and Dortmund uh, and maybe Leipzig. But uh, you know, it can go very fast. You know, you you I mean. You let's say we make a hundred million from, uh, uh, and I'm just making shit up, right? We make a hundred million from uh, from Kolomwani, and suddenly we raise the salary by a lot, you know, and we get a few players uh, that are not young and hungry anymore. Where we think like, okay, now we're going to buy success, uh, kind of say, oh, Götze was a good thing, so let's get Mats Hummels, you know, and and uh, you know somebody, and 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 they don't work, and 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 boom, you know, and and you turn around and you're. That's it, you know. So I mean, it's that's why we have you to enjoy have it while it lasts. And for me, Ben Manga was like, I I knew he would pull off one or two dudes, you know. And with Crusher, he's too young at it. And I'm not saying I'm not I'm not saying I'm not trusting him, but I have very high trust uh, in in Manga. And uh, it it kind of hurts to see him go. I mean, I'm kind of glad that he's going to England. I would hate, hate if he would go to Dortmund or Bayern or any oh, of yeah. this, right? Or Mönchengladbach or Leipzig like this, I would hate. So Watford, I can almost see that's a cool step, you know, to go down uh, um, the career uh, two steps to, to build something tremendously, you know? So I have high... I have high, um, uh, yeah, I think it's a very cool thing that he does that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just, for me, it's very sad. I kind of see like the whole rise of Eintracht Frankfurt. I see him as a person behind it. Big time. That makes any I sense. Agree. I don't think we would be where we are without him. <laughs> well, we got to keep him in mind too, because what's coming in the second half is, part of his development of this, yeah. this roster. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's trending in the right direction. This has been exhausting. I'm tired. It's, uh, <laughs> it's late at night here on the East coast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Can't wait to ride the subway in six hours. Exactly. It's just 9 PM for me, you know, so it's a little bit different here. That's why I'm like, I'm like all chatty. Roman, where are we going to find you on social media? You find me at the SF Bay Eagles on Twitter and SF Bay Eagles on uh, Instagram or directly on Twitter, Roman Weishaupel, if you know how to spell my last name. <laughs> and Matt, what about you? You can find me on the Twitter scape at WAGMA underscore and then uh, on Instagram at underscore Wagner8. And you, I just found out today that my Instagram is not what I've been calling it out for the last six months. Oh, really? I'm going to change that tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I thought all my socials even, were synced. They're I don't not. even think I say my socials right. I just hope I tag them right. <laughs> yeah, I'll get that corrected. But find me on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Discord, Peloton, all the socials, at C and the D313. This has been awesome. This has been fun. It's been long. We appreciate you if you're still listening. Uh, enjoy the time off from Bundesliga. It's been a, a busy first half of the season. We'll pick it up again in January. If you are interested in World Cup coverage, talk to me and Matt on Twitter or uh, Instagram, all the socials we just listed. We'll have content on halfpod.com. Uh, until next time, cheers. 
It's fucking round of 16 Champions League. You know what? If we keep on playing like this, you'll find our content on OnlyFans. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs>